Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You know what it is, episode 123, for the love of the game, let's get this shit popping. absolute dumpster fire i got a little bit of news about the show we're gonna get to that in a little bit i anticipated breaking this news when recapping week one of nfl season but because the yankees are so atrocious we have to talk about it but first and we'll get to that in just one second but first as i mentioned before a little bit of news about this show The For the Love of the Game podcast is now going to be hosted on the Believe Podcast Network. This happened last week. I am super, super excited about this. Full disclosure, I applied to be a talk show host for an NBA show. I didn't hear back. I don't know why, but I didn't. Then I applied to be a talk show host for an NFL show on the network. They got back to me. They said they researched my show. They want to bring on my show as is onto the network. And I am super, super thrilled to be joining the Believe Podcast Network. Not a whole lot's going to change. You're still going to get the same content. I'm not going to talk about any one topic in particular. It's going to be the same thing. You're going to get a lot of NBA content. You're going to get NFL content when it's relevant, like kind of this week and next week. You're going to get me at least once a week. And more of me is a good thing. I'm super, super excited about this. And I can't thank everybody enough who's made this possible. I can't thank the guys over at Believe enough for um, for thinking highly of me and bringing me on the, sh- on the network. I can't thank the listeners enough. I can't thank the recurring guests enough. Just because we're going to a network doesn't mean I forgot about you. There will be some other guests through the network that will be cycled in but I will still have a lot of the classics on because I can't forget about my people just because I'm becoming a little bit big time now. It's one step in the process. It's one step in the process for me becoming a major household name and a media star and a media mogul, something I always thought was possible, needed some reps, and now it's uh, on our way. So I'm super, super humble about it. Uh, I'm super excited about it. Can't wait to blow this thing out of the water. So yeah, tonight's emergency podcast is about the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees, which not that long ago, were just on a 13-game winning streak. 
Ryan and I, and now they've lost 10 of 12 games. They lost two out of three to the lowly Orioles. They just got swept by the Toronto Blue Jays and now only are up a half a game on the Toronto Blue Jays for the second wild card spot. By the way, this four-game sweep came at home. They lost games to the Angels. It's just a mess. Everything is a mess. The offense is a mess. They can't get a big hit when it matters. The pitching, whether it's starters or the bullpen, is an absolute mess. There is nothing going right for the New York Yankees right now. Nothing. The defense is bad. They stopped being aggressive on the base paths. They stopped trying to steal bases. The formula was working. The formula was working. We had guys with athleticism in the lineup, Velasquez, sometimes Gardner, Tyler Wade, and now we're back to the same bullshit, the same analytical bullshit that didn't work. This station-to-station nonsense garbage baseball doesn't work. All the analytics keep you from do is winning games. Yet the damn front office won't quit this shit, all right? Clayber Torres should not see the field the rest of the year. He sucks in the field, and he's an all-or-nothing right-handed hitter. He's useless, completely damn useless for this season, all right? I would rather see Tyler Wade play shortstop. I'd rather see Andrew Velasquez play shortstop. I don't want to see Clayber Torres play the field. He's not going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's useless. Guess what? Tonight, he didn't do squat at the plate, all right? Enough with him. Enough with his bum ass. Get his ass out of here, all right? Get it out of here. I said they should have traded him at the deadline. I would have traded him for Trevor Story. Straight up, even though Trevor Story is a free agent. What do you know? I was right. The guy, he can't play. He can't play shortstop, and he's not hitting. Let someone else take a chance on him because he makes nothing, all right? Should have cut bait a while ago. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. The bullpen is in absolute shambles. Aroldis Chapman's up and down season is continuing. We had a really good, good stretch to start. Then it was a disaster. We had a good stretch, and now it's a disaster again. But the guys setting them up aren't much better. Chad Green has been a mess, all right? Zach Britton's on the IL, and he wasn't very good when he was in there. All right, when he was, he even got a chance to close games and he blew a couple of saves. As for the starters, well, Garrett Cole just went down with a hamstring injury. He's probably going to miss one start. Jameson Tyone, 10 day IL with an ankle injury. Nestor Cortez has been keeping them afloat and kept them in the game tonight, but it still didn't matter because they couldn't get a big hit when it mattered. It's just an absolute dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire right now. And I don't know what the philosophy is, whether it's Aaron Boone or whether it's the front office, because it seemed like Aaron Boone actually grew a pair of stones and was letting guys run and playing decent lineups. But now maybe he got a call from the front office saying, it's time to go back to the you know analytics, back to the book, which is garbage, all right? 
This team is honestly would be lucky to win another game the rest of the year. They're playing a disgusting brand of baseball. A disgusting, disgusting brand of baseball. They've lost 10 of 12 against bad teams. Bad teams. So they got to turn this shit around real quick if they want to make the postseason. Real, real quick. Oh, and Joey Gallo. And we praised Brian Cashman for bringing in some left-handed hitters. Joey Gallo. The guy swings and miss at every single pitch he sees. He's been a train wreck, an absolute train wreck, to the point where you'd rather see old-ass Brett Gardner play every single day. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And maybe this monologue and tonight's guest spot will be the reverse jinx that turns this around. But who knows? Right now, there's no end in sight for the Yankees in terms of turning this around, and it's just, it's a free fall. It's an absolute free fall. So we will get more into this with tonight's guest, uh, which we actually recorded before tonight's game, before the Blue Jays completed the sweep of the Yankees. Just an absolutely disgusting display of Major League Baseball coming out in the Bronx right now. A couple of things before we get into tonight's guests to, again, lament the fact that the Yankees stink. So Ben Simmons, Philadelphia 76ers point guard slash forward. We're not really sure what he is. Doesn't like to shoot in the playoffs. Shoots 34% from the line. Represented by Clutch Sports. Well, after his coach basically said he's not sure if he could be a starting point guard on a championship team. And Joel Embiid took him to the woodshed on Twitter after he missed, or I should say, passed up an opportunity for a dunk and was an absolute no-show in the playoffs again. Well, that guy, who apparently thinks he's one of the top 20 players in the league, is, like, demanding a trade, doesn't want to come to camp. Great. Whatever. It does, does it matter that he has four years left on his contract and he has absolutely no cards to play? No. No. We're going to demand the trade. We're going to hold out. And not only that, we only want to go to one of the three California teams. Shout out to Sacramento, who didn't get the uh, the invite for the California invite. He either wants to be a Laker, a Clipper, or, or in Golden State. I hate to break it to Ben Simmons. It's not happening. It's not happening. First of all, the Lakers have no assets, right? The Clippers aren't trading for your bum ass, and they have not that many assets considering they traded all of them in the Paul George trade. The Warriors, they don't think that you can play with Draymond Green. And right now, Draymond Green doesn't look scared in playoff games. Ben Simmons looks scared and soft in playoff games. What, what the hell do they want him for? He's right now in their eyes. I can't really blame him. He's a worse version of Draymond Green. Draymond Green ain't scared. He's not a scorer, but he's not scared. The gall on Ben Simmons, the, the fact that he thinks that he has this standing in the league after the last two playoff you know, outings by him and, and how he went out with a whimper is just unbelievable. And clutch sports thinking that they can just flex their muscle all over the place because LeBron James is their primary client, may own part of the agency. It's probably against the rules, but whatever. That's a different story for a different subject. The gall and clutch sports to think that 
they could just dictate this with a guy with four years left on his contract is absolutely laughable, especially when he's no-showed in the playoffs the way he has. It's going to be really interesting, this clutch sports thing, because when LeBron inevitably retires, is anybody really going to care about clutch sports? Is Rich Paul going to be the super agent we all think he is right now? Or maybe is it just because of LeBron James's cachet that runs everything? And I don't want to take credit away from Rich Paul. He's a smart guy. He's a savvy guy. But make no mistake about it. 85% of Rich Paul's success is directly tied to LeBron James and not because Rich Paul is good at what he does, okay? That's just a fact. So it's going to be interesting what happens. Uh, I do think the Sixers need to move on from Ben Simmons. But the Bradley Beal trade is not happening. Damian Lillard trade to Philadelphia is not happening. So they're going to have to get creative. Mars going to have to get creative. I, I, I don't see a great return for him right now. And quite honestly, if I'm Ben Simmons, I need to go to a team where I am forced to do some heavy lifting on offense, where I'm forced to play the Giannis light role, you know, as like a a forward who can handle it, can initiate some offense and just devastating physical force going downhill and reestablish some value because right now he has none. Right now he has absolutely no value. I mean, I wouldn't trade Emmanuel quickly and two first-round picks for Ben Simmons. No thanks. No, no thanks. And I was one of the big Ben Simmons defenders out there. But right now, you can get him for a bag of balls and a, and a, and a couple of used Q-tips. And that's pretty much it. All right, so we are on the eve of the NFL season. Actually, right now, as we're recording, it's in the fourth quarter of the Thursday night game. We've got a high-scoring game between... Tampa and the Dallas Cowboys. A couple of notes. First of all, Tom Brady is 44 years old, year 22, and is still absolutely slinging it. I know Dallas's defense is trash, but I mean, come on. Come on. My all time listeners know I declared Tom Brady done in 2013. All he's done since then is win three Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. Casual. It's one of my my biggest misses of all time. Biggest misses of all time. As a longtime Patriots hater and all things Boston hater, because Boston sucks in every single way, 95% of everything that is associated with Boston sucks. But what can you say about Tom Brady? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I know no one cares about my fantasy team, but of course I had Rob Gronkowski on the bench. Got in the end zone twice. Fantasy football sucks. I don't know why I still do it, but no one cares. But yeah, so before we get bring on um, back to the Yankees a little bit, I've been doing it the last two years. We're going to do ATH's picks against the spread. I'm going to post them on Instagram on, on times where the podcast won't come out in time. We're going to do it like the Vegas Super Contest. Five games a week, pick the spreads. The goal is to get about 60%. Picks for week one, We got the 49ers at home, minus eight against Detroit. Love that one. Tennessee, minus three. We've got Jacksonville, minus three at home against Houston. We've got the Giants, plus three at home against Denver. I like a home underdog. And we got the Raiders, plus four against Baltimore at home. Another home underdog. 
and the Ravens have lost so many guys this week and last week due to injury. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, uh, the cornerback, Marcus Peters. So, yes, yeah, so that's what we have on taps. We've got the 49ers minus eight, the Tennessee Titans minus three, Jacksonville Jaguars minus three, Giants plus three, and Raiders plus four. Those are the week one picks against the spread. We'll see how we do. Again, excited to be joining the Believe Podcast Network. Thought we are going to be uh, announcing it as a recap of NFL week one. But here we are because the Yankees suck, so we need to talk about it. So now we're bringing on a guest to further talk about how the Yankees are free-falling in just a matter of moments. As I mentioned in the monologue, I didn't expect this to be my first show, my first uh, topic on the new Believe Podcast Network, but the Yankees stink, and we need to talk about how the Yankees stink with recurring guest Mr. Andrew Sender, fresh off his uh, first week as a college student in Syracuse. Uh, He's doing a little sports management in Syracuse, I can honestly say that I gave him his first internship. Andrew, what's good, brother? I'm good. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. This is now that we got we're we're serious now with this. So now it looks even better. But uh, I appreciate the opportunity. I love coming on and talking gonna, about. The I, I hope I hope you use me as a reference on your resume and all that jazz to get whatever you need to get whatever you need. All right, but 100%. let's cut let's cut to the chase here. Right, we were on not that long ago singing the Yankees' praises. Since then, they've lost 9 of 11, I think, and they stink. All right? So what the hell's going on here? If you had to pick one reason why they stink, what is it to you? What is the main reason why they stink? They're not hitting with runners in scoring position. I think think over the last three games against Toronto, I think they've out-hit Toronto – but have been like outscored like by like seven runs or whatever it is. Like they're, they're getting hits. Like they had like 10 hits, I think the other night in one run, like you can't do that. And that's been a big issue for most of the season is hitting with runners yep. in scoring positions. So if they're not going to hit the long ball. Then you got to do that. It's, it's bad. I mean, yeah, they, they haven't hit with runners in scoring position, but right now I think the real mess is the, is the pitching. The pitching has been has been brutal. I mean, you know, Jameson Tyone, it came out today that he's got an ankle injury. I mean, he had a stretch right after the All-Star break where he was really carrying them, right? Cole was out with COVID. Um, the, the starters were all hurt. Tyone had like a one-point-something ERA, and he's been rough, rough the last couple of starts. Uh, that doesn't help. And the bullpen is just an absolute shambles. I mean, right now, if it – if it weren't for Nestor Cortez, where would this team be? Um, to be honest, I have no idea because I think they, I think they just, they wore everyone out. I think everyone's out of gas, at least with the bullpen. Jonathan Lewisga has been pushed way too hard, and even though and I he's really on the DL, and and yeah, he in result he gets he gets injured. So I just think they've pushed everyone. You can see Chad Green is starting to slow down. His velocity isn't as good. His location's been bad. Lucas Litke is not the guy that the Yankees 
think he is. They think he's a high leverage guy. He just isn't. He's going to eat an inning or two here and there, but he cannot be pitching in the eighth inning in a one run game or anything like that. And to be honest, they're just not as deep as they thought they were in the bullpen. At least it's, it's two guys really. And one of them has not been very good this year. You can look at the numbers and say he's been good. He has a lot of innings where he'll more, a lot of outings where he'll throw three innings. And if you're hot, you're hot. You're going to pitch those three innings well. But Chad Green has blown so many saves. He's It just has not been the guy who we thought he was and what the numbers show he is. And Jonathan Loisega is now hurt. So now you're really down to nothing in the bullpen, so except for Wandy Peralta. Right. And, and he's been a godsend. Remember how we were complaining, and a lot of people were complaining, I think myself included, because the Yankees were so desperate for left-handed hitters, right? That were like, well, why doesn't Mike Talkman get any any looks in you know playing the field and playing every day? And if they if they didn't have Wandy Peralta right now, I don't know where they would be. So in terms of the bullpen and, and even the starters, especially since you know with the news that Cole uh, strained a hamstring, so it looks like he's going to miss a start. Tyone with the ankle. I mean, where are the answers for the pitching? Whether it's you know starters of the bullpen coming from? Because I'm not sure you know if. We've been talking about Luis Severino now for a while. You can't count on that. I mean, maybe Herman gets back. It can can be a boost in the bullpen. But, like, where is the help coming from? Well, I think the Yankees just have to wake up and realize that even if we lose some money, like, you know, you made the trade for Andrew Heaney. Obviously, you want him to pitch. But he cannot pitch. He's taking up a spot. And at, at one point, that spot was Luis Hill's spot who ended up coming in and having his worst start by far, but it was still one of the best starts we've had in the last week and a half. So that was another spot that was being taken up by Andrew Heaney. And Andrew Heaney is still on the roster, who I'm pretty sure Clark Schmidt is ready to go. Why can't you bring up him? Honestly, I know Davey Garcia is not pitching well, but why not bring up him? He's pitched in the MLB. Let's just sh- got to shake something up. The pitching isn't working. Nothing is working. If you want to stick one of these guys in the bullpen, try it. Like we saw what happened with um, with ridings. He came up for two weeks. He had like three or four really good outings. So let's try to do that with someone else. It's September. You're going to have 28 guys on the roster. Why are we bringing up the same bums? Brooks Krisky should never pitch for the New York Yankees again. But he manages to every time be the first guy to get called up when we have a pitching issue. Like, what uh, I don't understand I don't is, um, is Abreu. Why doesn't he get more looks? His stuff is electric. And I'm pretty sure he's a starter, which makes it even more confusing. Which And it's like you're having to throw Andrew Heaney out there or whatever, whoever it is. Why not throw Albert Abreu out there? Maybe not let him start, but do an opener. Have a guy pitch two innings and have Albert go four. That's six innings right there. That's all you need. Just I, I really don't get it. They, they, they've been putting Abreu in these really high leverage spots, which he's not a high leverage reliever. I'm 99 percent sure he's a starter for for his whole career. And then you decide to just stick him in the in the top half of the bullpen. It's unfair to him. So I, I, I really don't I don't know what's going on in the front office currently. The lineups have been extremely whack. I don't think anybody should ever get a day off from here on to the end of the year because you know what? Boston is one game back in the loss column right now with the New York Yankees, and you're going to have a three-game set, I'm pretty sure, against them. So you got to figure this out right now. It's go time. One last thing on, on the pitching. Um 
and Abreu specifically, even if they put him in high leverage situations, I'd rather him go than anybody else because at least there's a chance where he's just going to strike out three guys, you know, one, two, three, because his stuff is that good. Like, why don't we trust him more? I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And, and yeah, he got screwed against the Orioles when he got two quick outs. Glaber Torres, and we'll get to him in a second. Glaber Torres lollygags some some ground ball, safe. Guy hits a two-run home run afterwards. He should have been out of the inning. I mean, I, I just think they need to – he's young – Ride him more. I mean, the upside is there. So I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, one quick thing on Cole. So how long do we think this is going to be? Are we thinking one start, two starts? I mean, what's like the – what have you heard? What's like the worst-case scenario? So what I've been seeing, I, I, it looks like it's going to be a delayed start, but I think that's garbage because if he didn't get injured, the way his starts like were to work out for the rest of the year, it would have lined up perfectly for the wild card game which if you're thinking about the division like get your head out of the ass get your head out of your ass like it's not happening it's not happening no it's it's wild card and that's it and let's let's hope we even get there but he was lined up perfectly for the wild card start so i don't think they're going to delay a star with him they might delay one and then delay another one but i think that's stupid let's get him back on the normal schedule if he wants to take a break let him take a break have him throw bullpen sessions he he doesn't need reps Garrett Cole doesn't need to pitch three innings in a game or four innings in a game. He just needs to be healthy. So let him rest a little bit and then get him back on the next assigned start before he got injured. All right. So let's talk about the lineup. What are we doing with this lineup here? We, we praised Cashman for getting Rizzo and Gallo. Rizzo's been okay. Gallo, after he had a couple of moments early, has been an absolute disaster. Um, we have the Velasquez and uh, Glaber Torres issue. It seems to me that what was working before was having guys with some speed in the lineup who aren't just, you know, all or nothing type hitters taking the extra base, stealing bases, aggressive on the base paths, not swinging for the fences. We've gone back to the same old station to station bullshit. What are we doing now? Where, how would you, if you were the manager right now, how would you fill out the lineup card? Knowing that you want to have the left-handed hitting flexibility, but right now Gallo can hit a beach ball. Yeah. So for me, it, it all depends like lefty righty, like who's pitching, but if it was like a, a righty pitching, I'd probably go with, I, I mean, look, LeMayo obviously hasn't had the best season, but he's DJ LeMayo and I feel like he can always light it up in the postseason. So we go LeMahieu one. I'm a fan of Rizzo two. I know they've been putting him later in the order, but I like him earlier. So I put Rizzo two. I'd probably go Judge three, Gallo four, Stan five. Um, You're still trotting out Gallo every day. Yeah. I mean, you just, you have to, you know, because he's a guy, he's, it's like Greg Bird. He can just get a, a random home run, but you kind of need that. And also he's so good in the field. I mean, like he's unbelievable. That's like fair. how, how could you not? And then, I mean, look, when it comes down to Glaber Torres and Velasquez, I've been a huge Velasquez fan since he came up. And I mean, look, as long as Glaber Torres is not hitting, he does not deserve to be in the order in the lineup. Like it's, it's just, it's that easy. It's that simple. You're not paying Glaber anything. It doesn't, it won't, it won't like stain anything. Just put Velasquez out and pr- 
and I would say, and you were right, I didn't agree with you, but they probably should have traded Glaber Torres and gotten Trevor Story because that definitely would have been done if we offered it. I, I, I just said it. He, the guy's not a shortstop. He's not a shortstop, and he's not hitting for power, so he's not playing second base because DJ LeMay is playing second base. He can't play third, um, and we'll get to third base. I'll ask you that in a second, but I, I just don't see a path for him to play. I don't see a path for him to play. And in terms of the lineup, I, I would – Gallo's getting to the point where – I know I've ragged on this guy for so long, but I'd, ra- I'd almost rather have Brett Gardner in than Gallo. Because at least, at the very least, Gardner's going to have a good at bat. Gardner's going to at least put the ball in play. Gallo doesn't even put the ball in play. It- it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. I- and I-, I-, I don't know. Like At a certain point, the law of averages, it has to even up. So maybe you just keep Gallo in the lineup, right? And you slide him down because he can't get top of the lineup at bats anymore. He just can't. He's an automatic out and it's a strikeout. I I, I don't know. I, and if that sacrifices Luke Voigt a little bit, in the in so be it. If that sacrifices Gallo's everyday playing time, so be it. I, I just you can't be doing the same thing over and over again. At least Gardner's a threat to steal a base. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, look, they, they've lost the whole, like during the 13-game winning streak, the one thing they were doing was running every single inning, and it was great. It was awesome baseball to watch. They were winning even when they weren't playing well. So it's just like, it, like why couldn't we stick with it? And I understand the Yankees will never give in to non-analytic baseball, but at some point you have to just look at your team and just say, all right, something is wrong and we got to fix it. And there was a moment where we were doing great. And the second that stopped or the second we stopped doing that type of baseball, we started losing and we're losing bad. And to be honest, it was right when Glaber Torres came up <laughs> and Rizzo, to be honest, because even though Rizzo is, I like Rizzo a lot, but when Luke Voigt was playing, that DH spot would go to Stan. And now you had Tyler Wade, Velasquez, some nights Gardner, in the same lineup, that was three big time threats to run. And it was great. Fielding was phenomenal. And look, I think Stan has done a very good job in left field or right field, wherever he's playing. But, but that speed is so valuable, especially in the AL. Like it's yeah. not something that a lot of AL teams use, but if you can be that team that uses it, you have such an advantage, especially on a bad fielding catcher, which a lot of teams in the AL at least have bad fielding catchers. Other than um, other than Mike Zanino on the Rays, other than that, it's a bunch of flukes. <laughs> do you do you think that even in the face of the 13 game winning streak, when they were playing a little small ball, do you think that the front office that the edict came from upstairs saying it's time to go back to the analytics stuff, to the um, you know to the best hitters all or nothing type approach, like, or was it just? You know, they wanted to get Glaber back in the lineup because they value Glaber Torres. Or, you know, why make this change? Why change a good thing? Well, I mean, we've seen this so many times. And I remember in 2019, like the replacement year, when all these guys kept coming up and playing well. And then all of a sudden we get to September and we just say, 
thank you for your help. We'll go back to the old ways. And then guess what happens? We lose. The old ways don't work. The old way never works, but the Yankees have a set agenda. And I'll even go back to Brian Cashman, who I give him a lot of credit for making those trades. And especially like with the Wandy Peralta thing, we were both ripping him for that trade, but that was a great trade. Mike, Mike Talkman is not playing baseball anymore. So that was a great trade. But when you like, when you ask him and a lot of media people were asking about, you know, is this a wake up call for the New York Yankees that you need to get some lefty bats in the order? And Cashman immediately said, no, they're just the two best players available, which is garbage. Trevor story was available. You could have gone out and gone him and traded Glaber Torres, who will probably never play shortstop ever again. Because if he does, then the Yankees are really doing something wrong. Because this guy cannot play shortstop at all. And he is an average second baseman at best. If he's not hitting for power, then, then he's incredibly average. In fact, I would even venture to argue that he's below average. Uh, the other thing that's been the problem is, and what we both like this guy, but third base, Gio Urshela has come back and has been rough. And I'm a Gio Urshela guy. I think he's awesome. I think he's great with the glove. Um, he has not been great with the glove since he's been back. Uh, would you go Ruggio Dora every single day until or, or split time to give Urshela some reps? So I, I think more like obviously Urshela, he's been probably the most consistent player since like 2018 or whenever he started playing with the Yanks. To be like DJ LeMay, who just is not having a good year, but Gio Rochelle's numbers have always kind of been the same. So you kind of just ex- like you just expect what you get, you get what you get. But his glove has not been good lately, and that's really rough. And especially because Ruggi Odor has actually been a, a really good player for the Yankees this year. Like, obviously, that average is not there, but he's very he's had versatile. Timely hits. He's had a lot of timely hits. So, I mean, I don't know how you don't reward him for that, especially because he's a veteran. He's not some young kid. He's had more experience in the MLB than Gio Urshela. So I think you have to um, give him a shot, especially like Odor. But I also think they can shift around the field. Like, why not put Gio Urshela at shortstop some nights? He can play shortstop just to give Odor some some reps. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, to be honest – I would like to be the the manager of the New York Yankees, but right now I don't want anything to do with that because there are a lot of tough decisions that need to be made. And um, I mean, look, someone has to speak up because the front office is going to say one thing and that thing will probably be incorrect because they've notoriously have been incorrect for the last five years. what confidence do you have that they're going to shake out of this? Because, you know, we, we've seen it. Like, the, this season, especially for the Yankees, it's ebbs and flows. It's peaks. It's valleys. Saw 13-game winning streak. You've seen 9 out of 11 losses, right? So how much do you attribute to just, you know, there was a regression coming, and now it's time to sort of get back on the upswing? Well, I mean, I've always said this about sports, and I, I'm not a fan of teams going on big win streaks. I've always thought that, like, it's something that – because when you lose that initial game, the first game after a big one, you tend to go on a larger losing stretch. And then you're, like, thinking as a player – and I've been thinking it as a fan. They won 13 straight. They just lost 9 of 11. 
now in that stretch between the two big um between the two big streaks really i guess you could say they're 15 and 9 that's that's what they should be at but i'd rather them win two lose one win two lose one cuz then there's no pressure really now they have pressure to get off this hump against a very very good in my opinion the best offense in the mlb the toronto blue jays once again tonight and I don't know how they do it. Nestor is great, but this is a righty heavy lineup. And I really, I hope they can win, but I just, I don't see it, but I do believe they'll get off this. I think they could start winning games again, but I just think there's no shot. They do anything in the postseason. I, I, I just, they're too streaky. And even when they're hot, they were playing a lot of bad teams and, you could see the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox are not a good baseball team. They play in a very, very weak division. And the Yankees expose that by playing the Royals and the White Sox and all these teams, the Twins, the Indians. They're not good teams. So I just I just don't believe in this Yankee team. They're not winners. They're a bunch of losers who cry every two seconds when things aren't going their way. And I just I don't have a lot of confidence right now but in the long, in the big picture. So I guess we're in September, obviously. So now these games really matter. Okay. Um, they are currently a half game out of the first uh, wild card seed. Uh, currently. Now they still have a series with the Red Sox. They still play the, some bad teams. They still play more games with the Orioles. They still get the, they get the Mets. They get the Indians. All right. So they have, they have a favorable schedule. Uh, Two-part question. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how screwed are they in terms of making the playoffs, actually? And uh, looking – forecasting forward, assuming they get one of those two spots, if they can play 500 ball or a little bit over 500 ball, who would you? who are you way more scared of? in a one-game playoff, the Red Sox or the Toronto Blue Jays? Because to me, I think the second part of that question is, is fairly simple. So for me, it would um, – I, I put them at like a, an eight right now in playoffs because you just lost your two best pitchers. And one of them is on the 10-day IL in September. And this is, this, these, this is the New York Yankees, one of the worst training staffs in baseball. Like literally I've never seen so many injuries. So I have no, I literally, I'm losing faith by the hour with them making the playoffs. I just don't see it. Toronto is just significantly better than we are right now. And especially they have one of the hottest pitching staffs in the MLB with Robbie Ray and Jose Barrios. So, and Ryu. So I just, I don't see how they can, I mean, look, the Yankees are the Yankees. They can win games, but I, I just think Toronto is just too good. And they have to play Toronto again, I'm pretty sure, at the end of the year. So it's not over. Like, you got another series against a team that you've really struggled against. And Baltimore, that, that should be an easy game. They're like 9-7 and seven against Baltimore this year. Like, they're not, play, they're not playing well. And the Mets, who you said is another bad team, that's an NL game. That's, that's not at home. Like that's you got to throw out your pitchers and hit. We're not used to that. Our our strength is our DH spot, and we're gonna lose that. So, I I, I really it's I hope obviously I hope they get in, but I just 
I feel like that window is closing by the hour, literally. And then for the wild card, um, I personally think the Blue Jays are more scary because they've got probably the AL Cy Young winner in Robbie Ray. And they've got, in my opinion, the best offense in the league. So I, I really don't know. I don't know what the Yankees will do. Garrett Cole has not been phenomenal against Toronto. It's not one of his A-plus teams. So I, I, I don't know. I, it's scary. It's very scary right now. Which is funny because going into, you know, his last start, Cole was the betting favorite. He was the odds on um, favorite to win the AL Cy Young because he was having after that little hiccup with the sticky stuff or the lack thereof, he was ha- he was pitching at like a one point something ERA. It was awesome. Then he uh, pulls his hamstring. I'd like to think just based on the ebbs and flows of a baseball season that they'll somehow sneak into the game. Um, but I do believe that it is way scarier to play the Blue Jays. I know Chris Sale is back, but he doesn't scare me. The Red Sox don't scare me. The Blue Jays are frightening, and their offense is awesome. Bo Bichette is, kills the Yankees. Guerrero Jr. is having an outrageously good season. Uh, Simeon has been great, like – the Blue Jays are are super, super legit, and I, I wouldn't want to see them in a one-game playoff. You know, I, if it was a five-game set against the Blue Jays, I would that would be easy. Like, easy win. Take it. But when it comes down to one game when they have the Cy Young winner, most likely at least, and they have that offense, I mean, that's they're a wild-card team. Literally, it's the tailor-made wild-card team. You have great hitting, and you have – really one unreal pitcher who can go eight innings. It's, it's, it's terrifying. It really is. What's crazy is, but like just 10 days ago, you would have said the same thing about the blue Jays because they were struggling and now they've turned it around. So it's going to be, it's going to be weird. You know, we're holding on to for dear life here. It's going to be hopefully they shake out of this funk tonight with our guy Nestor going, but I don't know, man. It's it's going to be something to monitor uh, as we get, you know, on the eve of football season. But we needed to talk about the Yankees because right now they are absolutely unwatchable, uh, blowing late leads, losing to the Orioles and just being bad. And we had to talk about it. So, Andrew, always good to catch up. Go enjoy, you know, your first uh, couple of weeks of college. And um, obviously we'll talk Yankees uh, throughout the rest of the season going forward. Thanks so much for your time and uh, speak to you soon. All right. See you. Thanks again to recurring guest, Mr. Andrew Sender, for coming on to talk about the Yankees, to lament about how they really stink right now, and it's a sinking ship and a disaster in the Bronx. That's episode 123. For the love of the game, excited to be a member of the Believe Podcast team. Take us out in 50 and train song.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.